do I have a transactional relationship with God? Am I treating God like the way I treated some of my ex-boyfriends, which is like, I don't really show no love unless they're like showing up with like gifts and things. Welcome to The Queen Path, a podcast that serves as a royal remembrance of embodying the woman God has called you to be. Hello, my beautiful queens. I am your host, Owen Consola, aka Sola, and welcome back to the show. So I want to start this episode off with a verse. Um, I'm reading Jeremiah 29, 11, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. For I know the thoughts that I have toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. And the reason why I wanted to start this episode off with that specific verse is because every now and then I have these experiences with the Lord where I really like, (laughs) I'd be like calling him out. I'd be accusing him. I'd be like coming to him and be like, Lord, do you even care about my needs? (laughs) Do you even care about my emotions? So I know that sounds dramatic, but I know y'all do it too. And so if you're going through a period in your life where you feel like you're not really trusting God or you feel like you're having a bit of a distant relationship with God, it's so important to admit that to yourself and don't be in denial about it because the longer we stay in denial about our relationship with the Lord, like all we're doing is like putting a band-aid on a wound that's going to just keep getting more and more infected as time passes. And it's just so important that we just have to address the freaking wound. And I think the wound that a lot of women have who follow God is that we project a lot of our earthly father, earthly daddy issues or you know our, our previous relationships with men whether if they were positive or negative or whatever it may be. Like we project this perspective onto God like it's the same thing. And we look to him like kind of like an earthly man, right? And there's a lot of collective resentment at this time period against men. There's this collective, you know, underlying distrust for men. And then we go to our relationship with God and we project that onto him. You know, we come to him thinking he has like ill intentions. We come to him from the perspective of like accusing him because we feel like he doesn't understand the fact that we are women. And so there's a lot of built up emotions that we have in our heart that we've suppressed and then we take that same heart to God and we project our prayers from a place of pain or project our prayers from a place of, you know, resentment, resentment that we just channeled towards God. And I don't think a lot of people talk about this, but it's definitely something I've experienced in my walk with the Lord. Like I have periods where I'm just like, I want to give God the silent treatment the same way. Like if I was in a relationship with a dude and he was pissing me the F off, like I'm just going to be like, I'm not, I'm just not going to speak. I'm just not going to speak. Right. (laughs) But we're, you know, we're learning to mature beyond that, but, but I'm just keeping it real. Sometimes I'll take that same perspective and project that with God. I'm like, God, I feel mad with you. So I'm just not going to speak. I'm just not going to talk to you. I'm not going to pray because, you know, I feel this unspoken, you know, anger towards you because you didn't do the thing that I asked you to do in prayer. And I feel like you're not really, you know, providing for me in all the ways that I need. And, and it's really important that when we are going to God in prayer, that we really check our hearts because that's where the Lord is speaking to us. And if we're going to God with this resentment, with this anger in our hearts, it's like all we're doing is taking the relationships of what we have on this earth and just dumping it on God 
or projecting it to God. And it's not really fair. You know what I mean? Now, that doesn't mean that we should suppress how we feel towards God. Definitely, definitely not. But it's about like learning to mature more when it comes to your spiritual relationship. Like God is not one of these dudes on earth who's trying to F you over and like misguide you and mislead you. He has plans for you, plans to give you hope and a future. So if you know that and you learn to rest on that word from Jeremiah and you learn to like really believe like this is God's character, like God actually really cares about my peace. He cares about my future. He cares about my well-being. Then we won't be going to God with this posture of like accusation or doubt or disappointment. We'll go to this God like, you know, with more vulnerability, but from a place of maturity, you know, and then the more that we mature in our relationship with how we approach God, it's just going to mirror into all of our other relationships in our lives because God is the ultimate practice when it comes to navigating relationships, right? And so something else that was coming up for me over the summertime, and I was so excited, you know, as I took this hiatus, I was so excited to um, bookmark this idea. And so I can talk about it with y'all, but I had this moment where I asked myself, like, oh my God, do I have a transactional relationship with God? Do I have a transactional relationship with God? Is God, like, am I treating God like, you know, the way I treated some of my ex-boyfriends, which is like, I don't really show no love unless they're like showing up with like gifts and things. Like if I'm just keeping it a buck hundred, a buck fifty, I don't know how the saying goes, but if I'm just keeping it real with y'all, like I had previous relationships where literally like I would only really express that like love, quote unquote love when I was coming from a place of like receiving something. And so what that does to you long term is it, it makes you feel like love is always going to be this transactional thing. And that's something I had to really check my heart before going back into my courting season. And so it's really, really important that we don't carry the weight that we acquired from our loveless states and then try to bring that into our relationship with God. You know, I really, really had like a emotional breakdown when I was reflecting on that question. Do I have a transactional relationship with God? Because like I had to like check myself and I saw like I did. I was only praying when I felt like, you know, God was like could give me what I want. I was only praising when I was trying to get the things that I want. I was only like really seeking God when I was trying to get something. It was like always dependent on me trying to get something. And that's not really being in service, you know? That's not really me learning how to cultivate a genuine relationship, not with just God as him being God, but God as him being my father. And, you know, I think as women, if you do have, you know, a background with some issues with your earth father, you got to check that S-H-I-T, because <laughs> I'm trying to be like, you know, PG, PG over here. You got to check that at the door. You can't bring that into your relationship with God. He's not the same, you know, and some of us are, you know, some people are lucky and they have like these super healthy relationships with their dads and it was just all sunshine and rainbows. But some of us, you know, had relationships where it felt very transactional even with our own father and not coming from our side but coming from his side like having a father who only loves you when you're doing like getting good grades or when you're being good or whatever it may be and so when it comes to our relationship with the lord like god's love is not conditional you know god loved me when i was still like sinning against him and like doing like goddess worship and you know all of the manifestation dark 
occult practices I was tapping into. He was still trying to love on me then and I was rejecting him. So it's evident that his love is not conditional. However, God has boundaries. God respects himself. God has boundaries. And if we are constantly, constantly, um, you know, trying to disrespect the Lord's boundaries, we lose, we lose reverence towards him. And reverence is the foundation through how manifestation works in the kingdom. You can't manifest anything in the kingdom um, without the foundation being the reverence of God. And that translates to the fear of the Lord because um, reverence and fear are like synonymous words in scripture. They've just kind of been, um, you know, misunderstood over a period of time. But like having reverence towards God is the foundation towards creation. You know, even in scripture and Proverbs, I can't remember where, but it's like, you know, the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. So the beginning of re- wisdom is reverence. And in Proverbs, I think it's 24, 3 and 4, it goes, by wisdom, a house is built by understanding it is established and by knowledge, the house is filled with precious and pleasant riches. It's literally giving you the structure in which how creation works in the kingdom. It works on the foundation of wisdom and then it goes into understanding and then knowledge is what like allows things like physically manifest. Like that's how you open up heaven, right? But the unspoken thing is like, you can't, you can't tap into wisdom without reverence. That's the unspoken. That's the hidden secret. That's the kingdom key that I will give y'all. Like reverence of the Lord is the foundation and reverence is like, you know, not just like being in awe of God, but it's having respect, you know? So before you can know God as a father, you have to first know him as God and knowing that he's God, like there's a certain level of respect that we have to have when we are praying And I know that sometimes we are not going to be in the mood or sometimes we're like, no, I want to like give God the silent treatment because he's not giving me A, B, and C. It's that's like the lack of spiritual maturity. And and if you're in spiritual immaturity, you're not going to really level up into your queen state. You're not going to enter into the realm of devotion. And devotion is is what's going to take you into the next stage of your journey as a woman. You know, you have a choice to you know, listen to this podcast and be like, oh, that's some good information. That's cool. She's talking about some cool things and just continuously like living your life how it is. But if you somehow are tapped into listening to this podcast, it's because God is calling you to spiritually mature so you can tap into the greater assignment that he has for you. And again, depending on, I mentioned this in the previous episode, that's going to be different depending on what your archetype is. If you haven't taken the queen path quiz yet and you're listening to this, like, definitely go take that quiz because this season is not going to make as much sense to you if you don't take the quiz. So go to www.thequeenpath.com to take the quiz so you can figure out what your archetype is because everything is going to make a lot more sense once you know what your archetype is. But anyway, if you are still in your spiritual immaturity, you're you're going to stay in the in the territory of princess. And being a princess is cool. Like I loved my time as being a princess. It was a very fun, carefree life, right? But being a princess doesn't get you access to some of the things in the kingdom that queens get access to. Like queens get to have access to being in the family room, like, you know, really getting to know God's heart 
And when once you become like not just like a daughter of God, but like a friend to God, like you are in the family room, you're looking at the divine blueprints with him, with him, you're building with him. Like God starts to share his heart with you. It's like deeper intimacy in your relationship with God. And God doesn't want to have a transactional relationship with you. He doesn't want to have a fake relationship with you, nor, nor does he want to have a forced relationship with you. So it must be cultivated over a period of time. And so as we spiritually mature, we have to really get rooted in the truth because the devil is going to try to lie to you and try to convince you that God doesn't care about the fact that you're a woman, that God doesn't care about your mental health, that God doesn't care about your needs, that God doesn't care about your peace. And it's so important that you combat these lives, lies with scripture, you know, like for I know the plans that I have for you, plans to give you hope and a future. Like that's God's plans of you. He, when he thinks of us, he has thoughts of peace, not of evil. So he thinks good things about us, you know. And so the enemy is always going to try to trick you into believing that God is like petty, like you did something bad. So God's going to like withhold a blessing from you or you, you slipped once on something. So God's like going to punish you right there. And then like, no, if you are really someone who says like, no, I believe in Jesus Christ, then you are made righteous and righteous means you are in right standing. You know, in, in Matthew, the book of Matthew, it says, seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added on to you. Right. So it's essentially giving you the uh, revelation of the inheritance of God, like being in the inheritance, being in the family. It's to seek the kingdom of God, which is Jesus and his righteousness. And all these things will be added on to you. And all the things are not very nice. I think we all like things here on the queen path, right? But if we're not really understanding that we are justified, if we have that gift of righteousness, we will always be coming to God from the posture of an orphan, from a posture of like a, you know, begrudging girlfriend, from the posture of like a resentful wife, from a posture of a petty princess. Like we're always going to be coming from the posture of essentially like the slave mentality and not coming from the posture of being a queen, God's queen, God's queen who's allowed in the family room in the house of God, right? So in order for us to continuously spiritually mature, to receive the assignments that God has for us, we have to really get into the scriptures, y'all. And I know that reading the Bible could be boring. I get it. Sometimes I don't want to read the Bible. Sometimes I'm like, nah, I just like want to get massages. Like, Lord, I'm not really trying to like deepen in the word right now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, but we have to discipline our flesh because, you know, God is spirit and God relates to us as spirit. So it's our responsibility to discipline our flesh to obey the spirit of God, to discipline our flesh to live in the spirit. Because in, I think it's Romans or Hebrews, it says to be spiritually minded is life and peace, right? And I think if you're tapped into the queen path, that's what you're after. I know it's what you're after because we're on the same wavelength. We want a life of peace, right? And so in order for us to really start to immerse ourselves in the peace that God has promised us, we have to get into the word. And if you need to practice when it comes to disciplining your body to obey your spirit, fasting is the best way to do it, y'all. 
fasting is the way and i'm actually about to embark on a three-day esther fast and i created a free three-day digital guidebook for anyone who's feeling the call to tap into that esther anointing and embark on a three-day fast and i get it no one has like the deep genuine desire to fast but i'm telling you there's something really special about fasting during this season fasting is so important because what it does is it teaches your body to obey god it teaches your body to like not be in that damsel in distress princess mode but to really get into intimacy with the lord right and so i created a free ebook it's in the show notes if you're interested if you're interested specifically in the three-day esther fast and the esther fast is just super relevant for the time period that we are in right now especially with like what's happening with the palestinians and the israelites fasting is just super important right now so if you're interested go into the show notes and get that free guidebook and prepare yourself and devote yourself to getting closer with god this fast in particular is definitely going to help rekindle your fire because you know just like any other relationship Sometimes we just need that spark again in order for us to stay together and like we're in it for the long haul, like the long, long haul. So it's so important that we're continuously re-sparking our love for God, re-sparking our commitment to God. It's just so important because once that fire is dim, it's like opening the door for us to go back into the world. And we're not trying to live in the world. We're trying to live in the kingdom of heaven. We're trying to be in the covenant of peace. Um, speaking of the covenant of peace, I know I mentioned that in the previous episode and that specific covenant that I'm talking about is in Isaiah 54. It's one of my favorite books in the Bible. And I wanted to end this episode sharing some of my favorite scriptures from Isaiah 54. And I really hope you guys, you know, take the time to meditate on some of these scriptures. They could be incredibly helpful in a time period where you are seeking peace, when you're seeking to be established, when you're seeking rest, when you're seeking restoration. You know, anytime the Lord is making a covenant covenant with us in scripture, it's like he keeps it for life. Like that covenant is kept for good. That covenant is kept. And so when God is, you know, revealing a covenant to you, it's like because he means what he says. God is not a liar. And so may these words rest in your mind, your heart and in your spirit and be your royal revelation of what God has promised you and what God wants to give you. And I will see you all in the next episode. For thy maker is thine husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. And thy redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole earth, shall he be called. For the Lord hath called thee as a woman forsaken and grieved in spirit, and a wife of youth, when thou wast refused, saith thy God. For a small moment have I forsaken thee, but with great mercies will I gather thee. In a little wrath I hid my face from thee for a moment, but with everlasting kindness will I have mercy on thee, saith the Lord thy Redeemer. For this is as the waters of Noah unto me, for as I have sworn that the waters of Noah should no more go over the earth, so have I sworn that I would not be wroth with thee, nor rebuke thee. For the mountains shall depart, and the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from thee, neither shall the covenant of my peace be removed, saith the Lord that hath mercy on thee. O thou afflicted, tossed with tempest, and not comforted, behold, I will lay thy stones with fair colors, and lay thy foundations with sapphires. 
and I will make thy windows of agates, and thy gates of carbuncles, and all thy borders of pleasant stones. And all thy children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of thy children. In righteousness shalt thou be established, thou shalt be far from oppression, for thou shalt not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near thee. Behold, they shall surely gather together, but not by me. Whosoever shall gather together against thee shall fall for thy sake. Behold, I have created the smith that bloweth the coals in the fire, and that bringeth forth an instrument for his work. And I have created the waster to destroy. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord.